Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. If the God of the Bible really exists, I would go gladly to hell. And anybody happy to go to heaven to worship such a creature is morally bankrupt. It is because God's wrath is real that His mercy is relevant. Unless you have a real wrath, the biblical concepts of mercy and of grace are robbed of their meaning. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome in, welcome in, and obviously, I'm not Todd Friel, I'm Jimmy Hicks, and that must mean this is Wednesday, a Witness Wednesday. Todd is out on the campus of Kennesaw State University today, and he plans to be asking the question, what do you think about Christmas? At least that's what he said he was going to ask before he left, so now that I told you that, he's probably not going to ask it. But let's find out anyway, as we send it out to Todd now on the campus of Kennesaw State University. This is your new host, Caleb. Caleb, you're into radio. Would you like to conduct the interview? Yeah, sure. All right, here we go. Todd, what do you think about Christmas? <laughs> what do I think about Christmas? Um, I think a lot of stuff. I think it is a holiday that has captured the American consciousness, and we are consumed with Christmas, even though we don't really seem to know the meaning or the reason for Christmas at all. That's kind of my take. What's yours? I think it's a nice time of year, I guess. Uh, I'm not really, like, too religious. Your name is Caleb. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that, but uh, it's not really not really too much meaning behind it to me. All right. Your mic technique could use a little work. All right. But look, look all right, give me this thing. All right. All right, so who who is Caleb in the Bible? I remember. I do not remember. You don't know. That's so. That's kind of unusual because... A lot of people like to know the etymology of their name. Yeah, I think I, I knew at some point, but then forgot. I know you'd like to know the etymology of my name. It's an old English name, Todd. It means fox. I think that's pretty appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's something called, there's, there's some people, maybe psychologists, they call it nominative determinism, where basically whatever the meaning of your name is, you kind of become that. Yeah, I, I, I actually have a theory, theory about that too. I think people with one-syllable names are more likely to be successful. And the reason why is because okay. I, I swear there's so many CEOs named Scott. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like actually though, there needs to be more dual-syllable yeah. names like Caleb being a CEO. Because yeah, my first name is Steven and I've like really thought about going by Steve like very seriously Cause just because of that. You become a CEO <laughs> yeah, exactly. if it only worked that way. Yeah. All right. So you're not a religious guy. How come? Uh, just the experiences I've had in my life have been uh, less religious than religious. That's pretty much it. Does that mean you never went to any sort of religious service as a kid? I went to a religious uh, school from middle uh, from elementary school or part of elementary school to middle school. And I also just went to church regularly. And at some point I just like kind of just clicked. I mean, obviously not to, not to, you know, bash anything. It's just, you know, my experience is that it just doesn't, didn't, never really felt like uh, real to me. May I ask, what kind of church was it? Christian Baptist or Southern Baptist. If you can, as best you can recall from your childhood, going to the Southern Baptist Church, what was the most important teaching that they tried to impart to you? Dude, I have no idea. I, I really don't. I, I, uh, I feel like it's sort of like they were trying to like give me hope or something, maybe, but 
I, uh, you know, I just never felt that way. Okay. Do you believe God exists? I couldn't tell you. All right. I'm going to see if I can actually prove to you that a God, a, not the, a God exists. Okay. You ready? Yeah, go for it. We're sitting on it. How so? If I asked you, Caleb, this bench, who made it? What would you say? Uh, somebody constructed the bench, but they constructed it out of stuff that was already here. But somebody made it because it's designed. It has yeah. some intelligence behind it. It functions. Yeah. So without even visiting the bench factory, I know there is a bench factory and there's a maker at the factory who made a bench. All right. So if I intuit that, then I just look around at this glorious planet at things that are way more intricately designed than the bench. And I can conclude beyond the shadow of a doubt, there is a universe maker, AKA God. I mean, I, I guess, but at the same time, like you still can't prove it though. Or at least I, I, I feel like I would need some more convincing uh, evidence. What do you think would be the bar that God would have to jump over to satisfy your criteria? I'd uh, like, I'd have to, literally see God right in front of me or God would have to speak to me. Yeah. Are you sure? Are you sure that would do it though? Really? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. The, the only reason I say that is because sometimes it's like, like you can say that God like made all this stuff, but I feel like it's kind of like more likely that all this stuff was just like always here. You know what I mean? So stuff is eternal. Yeah. Stuff, stuff, things are like always here and always happening i don't think you i don't i personally don't think you necessarily need a need a god to do that well you know the the, the bench the bench needed some organizing right it didn't just happen it doesn't just kind of fall together and this bench is nothing and about 50 screws in it and some wood there's nothing to it you and i are well designed animals trees the fauna Everything is really well designed. There's got to be something behind it besides chance. But like, imagine that you're like an alien and then you're looking at a human. You think that we look like so weird and unorganized. You know what I mean? Like, think about seeing an alien right now. Like, you look at him and you're like, well, that dude looks weird. Because, like, in reality, if there was an alien here, it would look extremely different than a human. I agree, but that would not negate the fact that that alien is somehow designed also. It's just not a design preference I would choose. It's like an accidental design though, right? I don't know. A lot of things about the human body seem like accidental or like completely uh, just like ridiculous. Like what? You ever just like look down at your hands and like, dang, I've got like... They're amazing. I've got these hands. Well, I've got like one big like palm here and then I have like smaller, thinner palms coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like a tree. It's what separates you from monkeys. I, yeah, I guess so. Like this right yeah. Opposable thumb business. You don't think your hand is intricately designed? I definitely think it's weird. I, I don't know about design, though. But it functions so well. It, but it, it functions perfectly for the environment that was, it was created in. And I can use the word created. Be careful. I'm gonna, I'm, let, me, let me try a different angle with you. All right, what, are you a good student? Uh, decent, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I want to get away from your intellect for a moment. Okay. Okay. All right. I want. What's that supposed to mean? What you and I have been discuss- discussing, it's kind of on an intellectual level. We're using logic and reason as best we can to try to come up with some conclusions. I, I want to 
shove that aside for a minute. There's another area of your brain that I'm interested in. It's called your conscience. You got one of those? I I have no idea. Yes, you do. Your conscience. What do you mean by conscience? That little thing that says, I probably shouldn't take that woman's purse. The thing that dictates, dictates right from wrong in your brain whatever that sort of mechanism is. Okay. Your conscience. If you're interested, con is with, science is knowledge, with knowledge. It's your conscience, the courtroom in your brain that renders verdicts on whether your behavior is good or bad or the behavior of others is good or bad. I want to go probe and poke in there for a moment, okay? This might be a little painful. You sure you're up for this? Yeah. Here we go. Have you ever told a lie? Absolutely. Absolutely. That was the most enthusiastic answer you've given. Every every single human being lies. I don't disagree. That's like such a human thing to do, bro. I, I agree, but I'm just asking. You've done that. Now, was that a good thing or a bad thing? Mm, depends on the circumstance. Have you ever told one of those lies to get yourself out of trouble or to look better? Oh, yeah. So that'd be a bad thing. Is it? <laughs> wait, wait, isn't, isn't truth important? Wait, hold on. Is it a bad thing to 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 lie like that sometimes? Well, it it I I don't know what the sometimes is, but you can't lie to your boss and keep your job. Yeah, but what if he doesn't know you lied? But you're still lying. Yeah, but what if he never? What if he never knows? Here's a question: If a guy murdered a woman, yeah, slices her up, uses Drano, gets rid of the body, nobody knows about it. Did he commit murder? Yeah, but that's affecting someone. Well, lies affect people, too. What if it doesn't affect someone in a negative way, though? Well, I think I'd be careful with the word lie. Like you're thinking the wife says, do I look fat in this dress? And you say something like, you look amazing, trying to skirt it because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I would call that tact, not lying. What if it's like, okay, hold on. Let me think of an example here. What if I like find a a bag of like a million dollars right there? right? But that million dollars, it was like accidentally left there by someone who didn't want it. And then I took the bag. But then somebody came up to me and was like, hey, did you take that bag? Because they also found it earlier. And I said, no. Is that bad? (laughs) Seriously? Yeah, is it? Of course. Why, how? Well, you didn't tell the truth. You deceived somebody. But what's wrong with not telling the truth in that situation? Because the person simply asked you for information and you gave them the wrong information. That's I want them to take the million dollars. But them not having the million dollars doesn't change anything. No, but what you're doing though is using the consequence to justify the behavior. There's a name for that. It's, it's called pragmatism or utilitarianism, where the ends justifies the means. And stop. And this is one of those times that I really do hate to break up the chat. Caleb here's pretty interesting guy. Doesn't claim to be a believer, but I'm not exactly sure what he is just yet. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll see if Todd's able to get it out of him next on Wretched Radio. So you turn on the TV right now, and if it is not a commercial for some kind of weird medication, it's a commercial for somebody's Christmas sale. Right now, in the Wretched store, most Wretched products are 50% off. Plus, if you spend $50 or more, we're going to send you a free copy of Transform Season 1 while supplies last. And we're going to send all of it to you free because shipping is also free when you spend $50 or more in the Wretched store at wretched.org slash sale. 
200. That's right, 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel, they're getting saved, their parents are getting saved, the church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches it became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. When was the last time you visited Wretched.org, where you spend time perusing all that's available there? Like the full 60-minute Wretched Radio episodes or the full 30-minute Wretched TV episodes. You can also see Todd's speaking schedule, sign up for the Wretched newsletter, and find out just how you could become a Wretched Gospel Partner. Everything we do here at Wretched is only possible because of the efforts of our Gospel Partners. If you're not presently a Gospel Partner, would you prayerfully consider becoming one? Right now through the end of the year is literally the best time for you to do that through the efforts of some very generous gospel partners every single dollar you donate now through years end will be matched so i want to encourage you to pray about becoming a wretched gospel partner you can get answers to any questions that you could possibly have at wretched.org slash donate that's wretched.org slash donate wretched amazing grace amazing gospel Hmm, something is happening in the philippines wait i know what it is jesus is building his church please meet pastor kitu espiritu from the master's academy international in the philippines your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth people in the philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of jesus christ jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Masters Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Books of the Bible. John was a disciple and close friend of Jesus. John's gospel presents Jesus as the word become flesh, God in human form. He also emphasizes belief in Christ as the only way, truth, and life. God writes so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, and by believing, we may have life in His name. Believe in Jesus today and have life everlasting. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. And when we stepped away from Todd and Caleb, they were discussing pragmatism. Where's the chat at now? Well, let's get back to the campus and see. Do you like being lied to? Uh, I don't know. Like, I bet people lie to me all the time, but I don't know they do. Perhaps, but you don't like it. If somebody, let's say somebody lies to me like straight to my face, I mean, it's just kind of like more embarrassing than anything. 
I know the person is lying, that's like, come on, you know. But if I don't, then it's like, I don't know. Let's try another another issue okay. in your head. Have you ever stolen anything? I'm trying to think. Maybe when I was a little kid. Uh, not that I can think of necessarily, but I know that I definitely have taken things without permission when I was a child. All right, so time is irrelevant when it comes to doing something wrong. It's just there. It's on the books. All right, hang in there for this. Okay. Jesus Christ said, you've heard it said of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Innocent or guilty on that count. You're saying it's bad to like look at a woman with sexual desire. Yeah. Why? Because that's her body. You don't have permission to have thoughts of doing things to her that she is not giving you permission to do. But what if it's like an automatic, like, you know, monkey brain thing? That could be, but monkey brain doesn't justify doing wrong. It's either right or wrong. But that's, in the end, that's your opinion of right or wrong. Well, if if somebody were thinking thoughts like that about your mom, you'd be like, dude, clean it up. Well, but that's the thing. Be nice to your mom. I know, but that's the thing. It's 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 a thought. Right? That's all. Yeah. But. I can't control someone else's thoughts. I can't do it. Can you control yours? Uh, to an extent. Not 100%. I don't think anybody can. Well, it's a struggle. That's a fact. All right. But you have looked with lust. Agreed? 100%. Yes. I think every man has. I agree with that. No, no argument for me. And I'll admit I've lied plenty of times. Stolen way too many things. Lusted way too often. Yeah. No, no problem. So I'm not, I'm not looking down on you. Let's talk about honoring your parents. Did you ever dishonor them? Probably. Yeah. No, 100% actually. Yeah. All right. So here's, here's what you've just revealed to me. That you've lied, you've stolen, you've lusted, you've dishonored your parents. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yes. Okay. So there's five things that you have done that I think most people would agree aren't good things. And certainly God wouldn't give a stamp of approval to those things. Like, so what though? That's a good question. Now, if those things are indeed bad and if God exists, then that God shouldn't overlook wrongdoing. When you hit like, our friend, our imaginary friend who cut the woman up in pieces and used Drano to get rid of the body. All right, you want that guy to find justice and be sentenced, don't you? I mean, yeah, if he was real. Of course, it's an illustration. All right, so you'd, you'd want him to be punished for his crime, right? That, that's God's sentiment too, that people should be punished for their crimes against him. I mean, yeah, I guess so, yeah. All right, I'm going to stay in your conscience for a moment. You're doing pretty well. Although you're starting to squint. What is the meaning of that? Bro, whenever I'm outside, like my eyes get real dry. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I just thought maybe you were getting a little agitated with oh, me. Good. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's say, Caleb, you're a young man, but someday it's going to be your last day. Your number is called. You are ushered into the presence of the one who made you and everything else who sees lying and stealing and lusting and dishonoring parents, blasphemy, 
as high-handed crimes. What would God do with you? Would he reward you or would he punish you? Dude, I have no idea. I have no clue. I, well, I, he'd, I mean, I guess if he like saw it as a bad thing, then he would probably punish me for it. And I guess, you know, in that case, he'd be like, okay, you know, I can't really do much at this point. You know, I agree. You can't do much at, point, but at that point. But if that scenario is accurate, does that in any way, shape or form concern you, Caleb? Absolutely not. Because? Because I, I just don't think that that would ever happen. If the scenario that I'm painting is true, it would, it would be a bad day for you, wouldn't it? Yeah, sure. All right. Now, I want to take you back to when you went to that Southern Baptist Church. Please tell me they told you how you can escape going to hell. What did they teach you? Uh, you just um, accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. What does that mean? I'm, I'm assuming that means that you accept that he is real, basically. Yeah. Okay. So, why, how does how does that get you off the hook, dude? I have no idea. It doesn't really make sense to me because either way, you're still going to do all that bad stuff. So it's like you're no different than someone who doesn't believe. Perhaps, perhaps not. I agree. We all still do wrong things. I agree with you. All right, Caleb, you can just tuck this away into your massive brain, so that at least when somebody talks about Christianity, you're going to go, I know exactly what that religion is about. Okay, because I'm, I'm, it sounds like your friends at the Southern Baptist Church maybe didn't do a great job of explaining that. So here's, here's, this is the centerpiece of the Christian faith. God is just, and he's going to make sure that there are no unsolved mysteries. He is going to punish every lawbreaker for every sin they've ever committed because he loves justice he loves righteousness. He's very good. Yeah. All right. And that puts us in a pickle because the reality is then we should receive an eternal thrashing from that God. But he's rich in mercy. He loves to forgive people. But there's some tension here. He's got to punish lawbreakers, but he wants to forgive them. But if he just lets them go, then he won't be just. He'll be a corrupt judge. So here was the plan. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, born on Christmas Day as a baby, God in flesh, to live a life of never sinning, always doing that which was right, always honored his parents, never lusted, never lied. He was God in the flesh. But then he went to a cross where he was brutally beaten, hung on a cross because there was something taking place there. He wasn't just the victim of circumstances. The Bible says that God, the just one, was pouring out his wrath on his own son on behalf of sinful people so that God can be just and justify people because justice has been satisfied. You've broken God's laws. Jesus paid the fine so that you can be forgiven of all of your sins because of the deeds of another. That's the Christian faith. Have you ever heard that before? I mean, yeah, I've heard it probably just in different ways. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Well, that's a, that, that's, that's kind of the, the most important feature of Christianity is Jesus died for yeah. sinners. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I understand that. So, Caleb, you said earlier that if God would speak to you, that would, that would be convincing. Could he do that skywriting? Would that take care of it for you? It would have to be like some sort of like direct communication. How's about 
he writes it down, what he wants you to know. Oh, you're saying like the Bible? Well, the issue with that is like, I didn't see him write the Bible. Right. I didn't see anybody write the Bible, in fact. So, I can't really... Did you see anybody write the Declaration of Independence? No. Do you think there's a Declaration of Independence that was written by the Founding Fathers? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe... Are you a part of QAnon? <laughs> no, no. But who knows? I don't know. I mean, I can't prove it. There's like literally... You're not going to tell me 9-11 was an inside job, are you? Definitely not going to tell you that. I the, the way that I live, it's sort of like there's a lot of things I can't prove. Only thing I can really like prove for certain. Like I can believe. I can like, well, not believe, but I can like assume that things have happened based off of like experience. But only thing I can really prove is what's happening in front of me right now what's happening from the perspective of my eyes. I'm not trying to be like difficult or anything. Well, but even, but I, I would actually tell you, Caleb, your eyes can deceive you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it sounds like you've got nothing to stabilize your life. That's not true at all. Well, if everything is potentially an illusion or it's not the way that we actually perceive it because we can never know, that seems to be a little bit less than comforting. I mean, that's fine to me. I'm not really, I'm not really stressing about it too much. Like I understand that like some people, you know, need something to like, I guess, look forward to or something to like make sense of everything. But I think that things just like constantly don't make sense at all, but also do make sense at the same time. (laughs) That doesn't really make much sense, but that's the way that I, that's the way that I feel about it. All right. Let's stop right there because it seems like a good place to take a break. And when we return, Todd and Caleb continue their chat. It's a Witness Wednesday from Kennesaw State University on Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. A popular restaurant in Virginia has gained nationwide attention after it declined service to a Christian group due to the organization's stance on same-sex marriage and abortion. The Family Foundation, which is a very well-known faith-based organization in Virginia, had reserved a private room at Metzger's Bar and Butchery in Richmond, but was told just 90 minutes before the event that the reservation had been canceled due to the organization's beliefs. Well, if you want to believe in traditional marriage and not murdering babies, you can't eat with us. And here's our esteemed First Lady. The most important thing you can do to prepare for your holidays is to get your updated COVID vaccine. Regardless of all of those negative side effects you hear about, apparently there are a lot of New York Times employees who have gone on strike. Why? What are you guys on strike about? I'll be honest, I don't know the details that that specifically. Um, it's also about coming back to the office. Remote work is part of the negotiation. So basically, some people don't even know what they're striking about, and others are upset that the New York Times is asking or demanding employees to actually work in the office. More than half of all Americans have said that they are facing financial hardships this year as we head into Christmas. According to a recent Gallup poll, many U.S. adults indicated that their households have experienced the financial hardship because of rising prices. That's what we call inflation and recession. But we're not supposed to say those words. The poll released last week found that the proportion of Americans who said inflation was making their household experience financial hardship was 55%, and of those, 13% said the financial hardship was severe and impacting their ability to keep up with the current standard of living. Welcome to the new America, folks. 
Recently, Michael Knowles of The Daily Wire hosted a pro-abort for a civil debate, and they had a very lengthy discussion. Here's just a piece of it. Michael, do you know what the leading cause of death for pregnant people is? Pregnant people? Mm-hmm. Mothers? Women? If you'd like to call them mothers, not all of them are mothers, but if you'd like to call them that. What people other than mothers are pregnant? Does it bother you to use inclusive language? Well, it's I, just interesting. I, I prefer to use precise language. Yeah, words used to mean things. Not so much anymore. A federal court blocked a Biden administration mandate last week that would violate several Catholic organizations' religious rights and moral convictions to perform or pay for transgender surgeries. This decision reflects a previous case that took place in Texas, where a Biden administration mandate was permanently blocked that would force thousands of doctors affiliated with Christian medical associations to provide so-called gender-confirming care to transgender people. Although the plaintiffs will obviously still provide medical care for transgender patients, the groups believe gender transition surgery causes harm, as it does. More Regent Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Names of God we learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. One name is Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. The fall brought conflict into the world, but through Christ, God has brought peace into the world. Peace with God, peace with man, and peace with self. True peace is only known in Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back. It is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd and the team are out on the campus of Kennesaw State University today. And Todd's been chatting with Caleb, who's an interesting unbeliever. I say he's interesting because he doesn't seem to fit into any specific worldview that I can figure out. So let's return now to the campus as Todd and Caleb continue their chat. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Do you think you have a soul that lives on? Dude, I have no clue, bro. I would I would like to think I, I, I do, but you know. Internally, what switch do you flip to function every day to make sure your heart is beating regularly, blood is circulating? What what do you do to keep yourself alive? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's gotta be some animating force behind us that is life. That's 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 true. Yes. So there's probably just like, you know. Second. Did we just agree on something? <laughs> I feel like we've agreed on a couple things. Barely. <laughs> Barely. All right. No, for sure. All right. Here's my take. I believe you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I know you're not nuts about your hands, but I'll bet you would miss them when they're gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Because you have been knit together in your mother's womb by God himself. And God's desire is to forgive sinners like you and me. So you now at least understand Christianity. If someday that little courtroom in your brain maybe starts to get a little bit concerned about consequences for behaviors, whether done in darkness or in the light, then at least you will know that there is someone who is willing to pay your fine for you. Absolutely. I will 100% keep that in mind. I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, that's because, are you Gen Z or Gen X? What are you? What would be considered both? I feel like people say different dates. I don't know, Gen, gen something, yeah. one of the last letters. You know what, you know, here's a difference between your generation and mine. Y'all are way more polite than my generation. Oh, you think, why, why is that? 
Well, I think in part because you're postmodern. Are you familiar with that term? No, I've heard it before. But okay, well, postmodernism basically it came out of France mostly. Some philosophers who believe that truth isn't really knowable. Therefore, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And I would never want to hurt your feelings by saying your truth is wrong, even though we completely disagree. That's that's postmodernism. And I think a lot of folks your age are that. And so one of the worst things you can do to somebody is say, I think you're wrong. That's like a bad thing. I don't, I don't think anybody's wrong. Everybody's got their own opinion. Like, I can't sit here and say what you're saying is completely wrong. That would be that. I, that, that Why not? Well, that wouldn't bother me a bit. Well, because I, I can't tell you if you are wrong or not. Do you think I'm wrong? I don't think anything. Yes, you do. You think I'm wrong. No, I don't. This is your life, right? This is what you believe. I can't tell you you're wrong at all. I can't prove that you are wrong. Well, I would actually agree with that in this instance, but you still can have the opinion that somebody is wrong. So, for instance, Caleb, I'll be a little ridiculous. If I said we're sitting on a banana peel, would you say I'm wrong? I guess so, yeah. And it's okay. I'm not offended. Like, I'm like... I'm looking at this bench right now, right? I'm not looking inside your head, seeing what you're believing. Two times two is 714. That's correct. (laughs) Well, if you're going to be consistent. (laughs) All right. But you would say I'm wrong. Like crazy math trick, like somehow. Yeah. (laughs) But it's it's just wrong. Correct? Yeah, it's true. See, I personally, Caleb, I appreciate somebody who just goes, I just think you're wrong as opposed to, That's your belief, because my belief is inconsequential. I could believe that that recycling bin is God, and I'm wrong, because the intensity of my faith does not make the object of my belief true. So I prefer somebody just going, I just think you're wrong, than saying, that's that's nice for you. I don't know. I just can't, like, I can't, I can't say you are wrong. Like, I can't. Do you believe I'm wrong? No. I don't, I don't. So you're a Christian all of a sudden. No, I don't. I don't. I do. That's the same thing as saying, I think you are. I also believe that I believe that you are wrong. Is that different than I think you're wrong? Not much. Yeah. So yeah, I don't believe you're wrong either. I think that like, what do we mean by wrong? What do you mean by wrong? Not correct. Not correct. And what is not correct? What, let's say that I did say you were wrong. What would I be saying you were wrong about? Well, and this, the, the, what I just presented to you about the Christian yeah. teaching of forgiveness of sins, yeah. you would just say, I think you're wrong. But that's the teaching, though, right? So yes. That. No, I'm accurate in describing it. Yeah. But you would say I'm wrong in believing it. No. But then you agree with me. No, I don't agree with you, but I don't think you're wrong in believing it. Let me try to apply what you're telling me to the freeway. Okay. I'm driving down the road. I'm doing 90. And it's 55. And the cop pulls me over and he says, you're speeding by 35 miles an hour. And I say, that's just your truth. I I just, um, I don't think I am. What's going to happen to me? You get a speeding ticket. Well, couldn't I say, well, that's just, that's just your perception. Well, it's, uh, I guess it's the perception of the sensor. But in the end, the sensor could also be inaccurate. But it's up to, (laughs) it's up to the. You know what? I got to be honest, Caleb. I'm trying to figure out what. What moniker fits your worldview? This is kind of refreshing to me in that I've never heard anybody so consistently try to separate reality from like what is factual and true 
and putting it into the camp of maybe, maybe not. Do you know a philosophical term for that? Are you a part of a particular society? A society? Well, you know, like there's a group of you that kind of think the same way because you are consistent. I will grant you that you are being consistent. But my point with the speeding ticket is my belief about how fast I was going is irrelevant. The question is, what does the one in authority say? And he says, you're breaking the speed limit. You're going to pay a big fine. And I can't protest and say, but that's just that's your truth. I don't think you're wrong, but it's not my truth. That just it's not the way we live, is it? Yeah, because we live in we live in a society. (laughs) Well, people would say (laughs) reality. Yeah. Well, but we live in this we live in a society where there's like rules and laws that govern us. We live in we live in a country with a government. Right. So no no argument. It's based off of. Yeah. I mean, a, a cop could tell you that you were going over the speed limit and you could say no. And then still get a ticket. Yeah. Do you ever go to Starbucks? No. That's a bummer for two reasons. Because now I can't use the illustration. And second of all, I've been to a Starbucks before. I don't like go there. I don't remember the last time I've been inside one. Is I was going to actually give you a gift certificate to Starbucks, but forget that now. I can give it to someone else if you still want to give it. To all me. right, hold on. I'll give I you know, one. I know people who you, who like Starbucks who like the the caffeine. Yeah. All right. So you take this. Okay. You go into Starbucks and you order seventeen drinks and you hand them that card. Yeah. And they're going to say, you still owe more money, right? Yeah. And you say, that's not my reality. That's ridiculous. You're going to pay the amount that's on the cash register, yeah. right? I mean, that's like, there's, there's like numbers though. Like you can't like disprove a number. Cause, but that's the thing. Even a number itself is like something that may not even, it's not really a thing. It's just like an idea. Well, it's a symbol that represents something actual. It represents the idea. This is is two right here. It's a symbol to represent a thought, an action, an object. Words have meanings to them. All right. All I'm suggesting, Caleb, is I'm not sure you are living your life the way that you are professing to believe about life and reality. Well, I think you act like things are factual and actual and that they are to be done a certain way. Not at all. That's the complete opposite. So how many times have you been to jail? I've been to jail one time. Oh, see, I was expecting nothing. But now we got a story. When I was 17. (laughs) All right, but you didn't try with the judge to say, Your Honor, this law that you claim I've broken is just a law to you. Yeah. It's a law for everybody, and your faith does not change that reality. I mean, yeah, I guess so. If you're living in in this society with these laws, but there's really not much you can do about it if you're born into it. That that certainly could be, but just maybe a challenge for you, two challenges for you. One is ask yourself the question, is the way that I am processing reality the same way I actually live in it? Because I suspect you might conclude they're not exactly running in a parallel line. Uh, I don't know. It really, I mean, it's like the way that I'm processing it is sort of like, it's it's sort of like just one big idea that I'm living in. That doesn't involve you or me, does it? It's not. <laughs> Dude, no, you can't. No, it's going to shake your hand because we can't talk through that. No problem. Yeah. All right. Well, Caleb, you're an interesting fellow.
Appreciate yeah, you are as well. Thanks. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. Yeah. Nice to meet you guys. Okay, I think I figured it out. Consistently confusing. I think that's what Caitlin's worldview is. He commits to one line of reasoning, but not really. It's all pretty confusing, but he certainly was consistent with the confusion. Okay, so hang tight. We're not finished just yet. We still have more from Kennesaw State University. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. So you turn on the TV right now, and if it is not a commercial for some kind of weird medication, it's a commercial for somebody's Christmas sale. Right now, in the Wretched store, most Wretched products are 50% off. Plus, if you spend $50 or more, we're going to send you a free copy of Transform Season 1 while supplies last. And we're going to send all of it to you free because shipping is also free when you spend $50 or more in the Wretched store at wretched.org slash sale. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable biblical health sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. If you've ever considered donating to Wretched and you haven't quite pulled the trigger yet, I want to encourage you that there has literally never been a better time. Thanks to some very generous gospel partners, every single dollar that is donated until the end of the year will be matched by them. In other words, you can double the impact of your generosity by giving to Wretched before year's end. We are humbled and grateful for all the Lord has done in 2022, and we have no plans of slowing down in 2023, but we need your help and support to continue reaching millions all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Head to wretched.org donate right now to get all of the details, or you can also text the word wretched to the number 44321. That's wretched.org donate, or text the word wretched to the number 44. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched 
attributes of God. God is merciful. While he does not permit evil to go unpunished, he withholds his justice for a time. Though God is storing up wrath for the day of judgment, every day we continue to live is evidence of God's mercy and another chance to repent and trust in Christ for salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio as Todd and team are out roaming the campuses still at Kennesaw State University. So let's check back now. AC, I want you to tell me a story, all right? The story about you. I want you to tell me how you grew up and how you were influenced by people regarding religion, philosophy, or worldview, why the world exists. How how did you grow up as a child? I grew up in a single-parent household, but my dad was around. I was always taught to treat everybody equally, no matter what skin color or anything. I know I, I grew up in a semi-racist town. I mean, it was somewhat segregated, but it wasn't intentional. It was just like, that's just something that happened. But I always treated everybody the same. I had white friends, black friends, Asians. It didn't matter religiously how did you grow up did you go to church i grew up going to a baptist church in macon georgia but i didn't really go every sunday but maybe once or twice a month i was there are you a baptist today uh yes sir so you actually still practice what you learned in macon yes sir all right cool so tell me what are the fundamentals of your faith? What are the core beliefs that you hold to as a Baptist from Macon, Georgia? That he's the creator of everything. I mean, he made people different, but we should all be treated equally. This God that you believe in, where do you learn about this God? In church, I guess. Do you think that there are differences between Christianity and Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism? We worship a different God, but I see similarities in all of them. Like, it, it was a couple religions, like Muslim, that like certain teachings are kind of understood but it was also differences too that i didn't approve of so do you believe that those religions are equally as true as your religion if that's what they believed in yes but are they equally true no i don't think so that isn't the typical answer for somebody who's 20 you know that is typically somebody who's around your age would say no just as long as you believe it it's true for you yes, that's what i was thinking but but is it true? Forget if it's true for the individual. The question is, is it objectively true? Um, I think so. Tell me, in your own, own words, what is the Christian gospel? I don't understand what you're asking. You startled me. That's all right. The word gospel, do you know what that means? I've heard of gospel, but I don't know the exact definition. Right. It means good news. So according to Christianity, what is the good news? I don't know. I'm sorry. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Yes, sir. I'm going to test that. Right? How many lies do you think you've told in your whole life, AC? Quite a couple. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you knew that I told quite a couple of lies, what would you call me? What name would you give me? Uh, a liar. Uh-huh. All right. Stolen anything in your entire life, regardless of value, doesn't matter what it cost, didn't even have to be from a store. You just took something that didn't belong to you. Have you ever done that? No, sir. No, no, like coins from your mom's purse, nothing. Well, not stolen it from her. She could give it to me. I never stolen it. You've never taken anything. All right, now you're not lying to me because you know, you did tell me 
Oh, you're lying. Not right now. <laughs> All right. Let's try this one. Lust. Looking at a woman, having thoughts that you wouldn't like your mom to know are going through your brain. Ever done that? Yes, sir. Have you ever murdered anybody? Oh, no. <laughs> Have you ever just been really angry at somebody, though? Yes, sir. Just, you know, annoyed with them. They bug you. They get up your nose. They don't drive right. Yes, sir. Jesus said that if you're just angry, you've committed murder in your heart. Now, that's not as bad as like cutting somebody's head off with an axe, but it's still the same emotion. It's it's wanting somebody dead. It's wanting to do harm to somebody. In other words, it's a, it's a sin. All right. So you just told me that you've broken three of God's laws multiple times. All right. The original question was, do you still think you're a good person? Well, according to what you say, no. But I still believe that I'm a good person. <laughs> okay. So let's just say, AC, a criminal stands before a judge. The judge knows he's broken a bunch of laws. But the criminal says, I know, according to you, I'm a lawbreaker, but I still think I'm a good person. Is it going to make any difference? No, sir. No, the question is, am I a good person based on the laws? And what does the authority say? All right. So let's just say, AC, that God is a just judge. And one day he calls your number and you have to stand before him. And he opens up the books and he knows if you've stolen, lied, cheated, dishonored him, dishonored your parents, looked with lust, looked at pornography, coveted things that didn't belong to you, whatever. He knows it all. Every thought that runs through your brain, he's got it recorded. Would God find you, AC, innocent or guilty? Uh, guilty, I guess. So what should a judge do with a guilty criminal? I guess send them to hell, but... You don't like the idea. Yeah, I guess. I would ask for forgiveness. I would try to repent. There's, there's kind of a problem with that, though. If the judge has already determined you're guilty, and you say, but judge, I'm really sorry, he's going to say, well, you should be sorry. It's too late for that. You committed the crime. Now I'm going to ask you the, the original question. AC, what's the good news of Christianity? Forgiveness. Okay, keep going. What, being able to change? I don't know. Repenting? A lot of people mess up, but you still can change and you still can make it to heaven. That's what I How? Mean. By changing as a person, not doing what you always done, going about life differently, asking for forgiveness from God. Well, let's tackle that first part. Once again, let's just use an earthly court. Somebody's broken the laws, gets pulled before the judge. All the evidence is in. The person is definitely guilty. But the criminal says, but judge, I haven't done those things for the last six months. I've been really good. The judge is going to say, it's irrelevant. You broke the laws. I'm glad you've been good. You should be good. But that has nothing to do with your court case. So you're going to still be guilty and you're going to have to pay the fine for your guilt. I'm trying to lead you here. You should know this answer, my Baptist friend, Jesus Christ. What did Jesus Christ do when he was here 2000 years ago? Remember when Jesus was here? These are all the Bible stories you maybe learned as a child. The big one is Easter, right? You remember Easter? What did Jesus do on Easter? Well, he died for my sins. There you go. He took the punishment that you deserve so that your court case could be dismissed, so that your fine could be paid. You can't pay it, but he's the perfect son of God. He can and he did. So here's my question, AC. How does a person receive that forgiveness if Jesus Christ pays our sin debt, what do we need to do to access that, to lay hold of that, to be forgiven? What must I do to be forgiven because of Jesus? Uh, reward him by going to church, uh, encouraging others to get into church, learn the word, and not do the things that he's taking for you, I guess. All right, those are good things, all right? 
But that's not what the Bible says you must do to be saved. Right? In order to have your tickets torn up, your court case dismissed, and not go to hell, the Bible says you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Not by doing good things, because the problem is you don't. You've done bad things. <laughs> believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll forgive you all of your sin debt and he will take you to heaven based on what he did, not based on what you do. So you can be saved, totally forgiven by faith alone in Christ alone. That's the good news. Now, here, here's a question for you, AC. Have you done that? Do you believe in Jesus Christ as if your eternity depended on it? Yes, sir. I believe, but I know I haven't been you know, like actually learning the word like I should, but I believe. So you're telling me that if you died today, that bus comes off the road and takes you out while you're sitting here, you're telling me you're going to go to heaven absolutely 100% for sure because of Jesus Christ. Yes. You said if I had faith, I have faith. The faith that the Bible talks about isn't just going, yeah, I'm, I'm down with Jesus, good stuff, I'm okay with him. Now, this, this is a wholehearted surrendering of self, putting your complete trust in him. The Bible also talks wrapped up in that is something called repentance. You turn from your sins and you put your trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Jesus actually said, you must be born again to inherit eternal life. It's the time that you passed from death to life, from being a guilty criminal to being a forgiven child of God. Are you sure that you're a forgiven child of God? You've repented, put your trust in Jesus Christ, and it's evidence because you're living for your God and he's your number one priority. Look, I just met you. Yes, sir. All right, but we can deceive ourselves. Okay, and I just want to shoot really straight with you. Forgiveness is available, and if you have not laid hold of it by surrendering to King Jesus, then you're self-deceived, and I don't want that for you, okay? I can't do anything. I can't club you. I can't beat you or do anything to you, but I can beg you to think about the state of your soul. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his soul? So this day, AC, good news has come to you, and it's right in front of you in Jesus Christ. Lay hold of it. Surrender to him. Put your trust in him because he died for you and demonstrated his love for you. He would forgive you. He'll adopt you as his beloved child. He will even give you his righteousness. So you're not just seen as a forgiven sinner. You are seen as the righteousness of God. That is what he offers you. And if you've not laid hold of that, I would just petition you that today is the day of salvation. Don't go to bed without really thinking about this and examining yourself honestly. Are you in Christ forgiven or have you been self-deceived? And then repent and put your trust in him. Is that fair for me to ask that of you? Yes, sir. All right. I'm really glad we talked today. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.